1: Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, Doing good, Shad. I'm doing good as well. I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad you, everybody out there listening, is with us for this episode. As always, we're going to take care of our shout-outs right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to... Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in podcast. Save 10% off your order. The other one, um, we're going into the uh, – we're in the holiday season. Uh, folks in East Kentucky are still in a, in a hard spot, so if you would like to help them, I'm going to recommend that you go through Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org. Or if you would like to uh, purchase merchandise that uh, proceeds are going to go to help people, and I know this because I have spoken with the owner directly, go through Appalachian Apparel, which, uh, oddly enough, their uh, website is appappco.com, And uh, lots of folks down there still needing help. And for our other shout-out, we go over to Matt.
2: Uh, that would be to orlando cologne orlando cologne he is number one in my wrestler of the year awards uh every category (laughs) my wrestler of the year uh my manager of the year my tag team of the year somehow uh i guess with uh with one of his cousins or brothers uh rookie of the year i don't know how that works i'm retroactively giving that to him so that sounds like a segue it is a segue
1: (laughs) brad what are we doing tonight
0: so we're this is part one of a two parter of our end of year awards. Um I know you're thinking, why are you doing a two parter and because we can't shut the fuck up when we do these. And um <laughs> generally based on our picks, I um I think there's gonna be a lot of talk about why we pick some things because I think it's I think our awards across the board are gonna be very different from last year. And I think like the landscape for each of us changed a lot this year
1: yeah yeah i can yeah can't argue with that um so we've got a lot uh a lot to go over uh what brad what are um our categories going to be so promotion of the
0: year wrestler of the year tag team of the year woman of the year um match of the year Comeback of the Year, Feud of the Year, Most Improved, Rookie of the Year, Angle of the Year, Promo of the Year, Stable of the Year, and Show of the Year.
1: All right. So we typically start with uh, Promotion of the Year. Um, This is a – well, this one's going to be a little interesting. So, Brad, why don't you take off with this one?
0: So um, my Promotion of the Year is Stardom. Um do we want to do we want to do we want to give each of our promotion of the year and then discuss it or do we want to like give a brief overview of why we picked it
1: Uh why don't we just go ahead and do our our reasons with what with our picks um So you go on go on ahead
0: Okay um, so essentially for me for Stardom. Um, they are a perfect promotion They make some obvious booking mistakes But when you talk about a match quality standpoint um, Almost every show features good wrestling I think the booking is the right booking about 90% of the time And compared to the other promotions I watch That would have been like in my running this year Which are AEW and Tokyo Joshi Pro The booking Mm -hmm. had far fewer warts than those companies had this year.
1: Okay.
2: It's funny you said that. Uh, I probably would also give Stardom as promotion of the year. And I want to give it to AEW. uh, But there was kind of like some stuff (laughs) that they just kind of like went a little bit astray.
0: They I think they were poorly booked for about eighty percent of the year and we can we can discuss that I think after we all say this because I mean for me for me I think this is a great year entering for AEW, but I thought the mm-hmm. booking was terrible for a lot of it and I progressively lost interest as the year went on.
2: I think that there were reasons for that we can go into later, but uh, I wanna give it to, I wanted to give it to AEW, but I can't because I felt because of those I would I would not put it as the tops. I thought Stardom was a little more consistent with how the quality of stuff. Like not, they're not perfect. Like they made some booking decisions which I would not have made, or kind of like you know, scratch my head at some of that stuff. But I did overall think that they did a good job. And I, it's funny you mentioned Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Like they are kind of a dark horse, but I would almost, almost have put them as like the best promotion because they are they're like the little promotion that could but they are pretty consistent with how they are booking some of the personalities there and in a good way because some of the personality it's like it's it's a it's kind of like a very sports entertainment uh, type of promotion for a joshi fed but it's just done really well I they they made a
0: to me, they made, like, a shotgun-in-the-face bad booking choice this year that has negatively impacted them for about six months. Do
2: you, do you want to get into that? Because I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I... so,
0: um, so where where <laughs> they really fucked up bad. And I, I think their booking's been... We, we we talk about this a lot offline, but they over-rely on their pillars, which are uh, Yuka, Zakasaki, um, Shoko, and then... Um, Miu
2: Yamashita. Yamashita.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. So they they ever rely on that, but so they made a really bad mistake is they put Yuka Sakazaki over Miyu Watanabe in the finals of the Princess Cup, and Mayu mm. had kind of built a real grassroots kind of support behind herself, and... and people were clamoring for
2: her to win the cup and just to to be promoted and 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 pushed to that next level, and it's like it's tokyo joshi pro basically just dangled it's like oh did you hot new baby face okay no no it's not her turn it's like but but no like sometimes things happen organically and you have to latch on to them and maybe you can make like a bona fide new star versus like the same people that you always do and that's the, i overall with tokyo joshi pro like when brad says like they rely too much on the pillars like that's the problem it's like you have those three ladies shoko and Yuka and Miyu and while they may all be like great workers because like, they are it's also like you don't need them like the belt the title belt to only be given to those three like yeah. they just trade it between each other it's like it's, it's, it's too much eventually people like me or Brad are like enough like I've seen enough of this I want something new and people were clamoring for it to be uh, Miyu Watanabe and they just didn't do it. Like, they kind of have given me, you, like, a little bit of extra the, stuff. They gave her
0: the Princess International title.
2: Yeah, so it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like the, it's like their, like, runner-up, like, trophy. It's like, that's oh, the, okay, well. Anyway. That's
0: the, we want you to to wear something pretty to the ring, but we're going to do fuck all with you. hmm Like, because that's, like, that's their consolation prize. That's, like, what they gave Maki Ito to shut everyone up and then proceeded to continue using her as, like, <laughs> mid-card fodder. Um, yeah, which is also like my, a big bitch. I have with the company is, you have someone that's getting like a lot of international acclaim and is getting mm-hmm. a lot of international bookings, and who is over and you still just see her as a mid Carter. It it just boggles the mind. <clears throat> but I think right. I think where where it it hurt the promotion a lot for me is, um, it felt like they were really going places last year and into this year mm-hmm. because you know they would kind of. Yuka was still important, but they had kind of found a side gig for her with the magical sugar rabbits. Because um, mm-hmm. that kept her out of, like, the main event stuff. And then they put the belt on her, and it instantly felt stale. It did. Yeah, and I think I... it's... And, like, they, they you can see it in their attendance. It hurt their attendance. Like, they had to bring in um, Millie McKenzie and Billy Starks to really even spike it to not even what they were doing a year ago at Corican and, and um yeah, I think they're just at a crossroads like because that's the problem I have is when you talk about on a show by show basis like when I'm watching it, I probably do enjoy TJPW the most because it's silly and goofy but they have like horrible booking choices.
2: Uh, the stuff that is supposed to be silly and goofy is, but in a very uh, endearing and funny way. The stuff that's supposed to be more serious is, in a, in a at least a very well worked way, but not necessarily a well booked way. Um, and I will say the production values for like their big shows, they've they've, and, uh, I think it's like CyberFi, right? It owns the parent company yeah. like that that owns. They actually they seem to put legitimate like production values or money into like the, at least the big shows because they actually look, the big shows look quite well. So there's a lot of things that are positive there, but they kind of the booking at the top to me is like a real, like Albatross.
0: Well, they don't know. And they're really bad at building mm-hmm. stars. Like have you watched um, the all rise pay-per-view event they did last month? No, not yet. So um, one of the things they did on that show, which is just emblematic of the booking problems, is they had um, Mizuki beat um, Endo. And it's like, well, what did what did what did Mizuki beating Arushi Endo do? Because Endo is winless in singles compet- competition, and Mi- Mizuki's like you know mid Carter, upper mid Carter, so she got nothing because of course she's going to beat Endo because Endo sucks in singles competition. Like that's the kind of stuff they do because no one no one ever really beats anyone of consequence unless they're like one of the pillars.
1: Yeah. And it just it's Well, it just sounds incredibly frustrating to watch.
0: It is. Uh, it is. You
2: sh- This is like I know this is like kind of inside and if you weren't like really cooked into like Joshi Twitter, yes or specifically about uh Tokyo Joshi Pro like you should have seen like the f- like the fury after that Princess Cup show when Miu lost because it was the the I had to the way it was built up Shad, it was like her, both her Miu Watanabe yeah. and uh Suzume who is another young worker there mm-hmm. uh, and she's like I wouldn't even say she's like a great worker, but she is like very plucky, like an underdog. Uh like very uh like wholesome. You, you kind of like you root for her just because like she has an underdog dog vibe.
0: Both she's of kind them of one... um mm-hmm. I know I know the I know the the implication here, but just, Shad, she's she's like a stereotypical um southern style blowjob baby face. Is essentially Okay, I like follow you. Kind yeah. Of, yeah.
2: And but both her and Mia Watanabe like made it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, my God, like they they have pushed like these two to the finals, the semifinals. Like they, it's like they are both like one win away from both of them being in the finals. It's like, OK, man, they're making new stars here. And it's like Suzume didn't win. Like she lost to Yuka, which is like, OK, well, I mean. I'm not really shocked by that result, and I'm not particularly offended by that result. It would have been interesting to have Suzume in the finals, but OK. But me, made it to the finals it's like, oh, wow! Well, like and people were salivating like, oh, this, this is it. Like, she's going to go all the way. She's going to win it. And then, boom, it's like taking your heart out your dreams and like crushing
0: them right yeah. in front of
2: you. It's like, no, and what then, you, it was very WWE to me. And it's can I? Like, oh, yeah. Can oh, I you draw you a parallel no.
1: from from your description real quick? It kind of sounds like the ending on that WrestleMania match between Booker T and Triple H.
0: It wasn't that
2: uh, bad. It wasn't that okay. bad, but you you kind of have like
0: the mindset.
1: Okay. It would it be like much, um it
0: was... it'd be like that I know I know he I know whatever, fuck him and everything, but it would be like if you got to that Royal Rumble that Benoit was supposed to win mm-hmm. and they did the Shawn Michaels pulls himself in and like super kicks him and then just chucks him out of the thing. And you're stuck with triple H and Shawn Michaels again. That's kind of what it felt like if that had happened. Yes. It's
2: also, it's also though it's, it's probably comparable to that. I think it was like, I think it was like the Daniel Bryan one. It's like the, the one where it's like, they expect it's number 30. Like you haven't seen you oh, know, it was Ray Mysterio clamoring for Dan- Oh, Ray Mysterio. You're clamoring, you're clamoring. Like oh it's gotta be him it's gotta be him and then boom it's like Batista it's like what the fuck is this yeah and they, the whole the whole crowd just like sh- turned on the match and shitted on it because it's yeah. like it's so it's it was very WWE in the booking in the sense that it's like oh we know you want this but no we're not gonna give it to you
0: and and the worst part is at the end of that All Rise thing uh, Mayu Yamashita came out and challenged Yuka for the one four show yeah and it's like oh fuck goddamn again.
1: Awesome.
0: And I don't even dislike any of them, but it's just like, like, um, in, in stardom, like the big feud that's gone on and off and then like has a story to it and they keep meeting up is Suri versus Utami, which we watched one of the matches on here. Mm-hmm. And they, they've wrestled like four or five times, but the difference there is stardom does enough between their meetings that you don't feel like you're getting beaten over the head with it
1: we don't have john cena versus randy orton for the last time we swearsies it's true pinky right. swear this time
0: and they have like enough they have enough like moving parts that doesn't make that feel like like i'll use a good example of of stardom this year with suri because utami just beat her and proved that she could beat her but they also have rise sarah that has kind of had the kind of got her one over on her in the five-star Grand Prix and unsuccessfully challenged for the title. So yeah. So the Utami thing is out there, but Riza Sarah's is out there too. Like that's, okay. that's the difference. And like, there's other women out there and it just, there's, there's just a, yes, they are a story, but there are other women in there. But like when you're, when you're watching TJPW, like it's like, okay, like, so, like I said, like, Mayu Yamashita came out and challenged her. It's like, oh, great. Well, there's this again. And it's like, well, when is, uh, when are they going to f- decide Shoko Nakajima needs to go back up into the mm-hmm. main event again? Like, it, that's kind of, like, the difference. It just feels like there's not those breaks.
1: Okay. Um, it sounds like both of you guys are kind of with stardom. Yes, I and...
2: am. Yeah. I, I would say with stardom because their stardom is while it's not perfectly booked, like it generally like there were far fewer of those like head scratching moments, maybe like a couple, but not like even I would say nothing like, that makes you want to
0: burn things to the ground.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, uh what was the cup that Mariah won for the tournament?
0: Oh, that the Cinderella
2: cup, a Cinderella cup uh she won Mariah is one of the workers there she, and she's new to the promotion as of like she came in like January 2022 yeah she's 22. from
0: TJPW
2: yeah and it was like they for like a bit they were really heavily pushing her and then she won that and it's like oh god like you're really this is what you're going to do you're going to just kind of push her down our throats even though she's a good worker I mean mm-hmm. you generally have to be like a good worker to be in stardom cuz even people if people who are like joshi fans get really really in the the weeds about stuff like they'll they'll trash like certain
0: they're they'll horrible
2: yeah they'll trash like certain stardom workers like yeah she's terrible it's she only good and it's like i'll watch one of their mat the, the people that are talking about like i'll watch their match and i'm like this person is actually better than most american women wrestlers that i've seen and i'm not trying to like dog uh american wrestlers like that I'm just saying, like what y'all are saying, like oh she's not good. It's like no, she's actually quite good. She's at least very, very, very fundamentally competent. Yeah. Like, uh, like one of the workers, Vlaka. Like her gimmick is basically she never loses. Uh, she never wins. Like she always loses. But I watched the match and was like the like, ma- someone from matches like she's actually good. Like very, very competent.
0: No, even the ones, even, <clears throat> even um the ones like where their gimmick is, they're incompetent at being a wrestler. Are better wrestlers than than um than like a standard. Even like Palm is is like a better wrestler than a lot of American women. Like she would be Pom, if she was in NXT, like she would be a top three worker.
2: Pom Harajuku is in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Is is a good worker, and the the thing about her is that she pretty much just does comedy. And she's quite good. Like, she's very, very funny. And it's a lot of Japanese humor. But, I mean, it's uh, it's good. And, and Brad's not wrong. Like, she would actually be one of the more competent workers, certainly in NXT.
0: Yeah. But see, the problem is, though, when, when, like, like the Mirai thing, when people were bitching about that, it's like, don't you want new people to do things? Because it's like, she, she settled into, like, a mid-card to upper mid-card role, but they, they gave her a little something to... To get her a little juice, like, starting in the promotion. I just don't understand what people want sometimes.
1: They want something to bitch about.
0: They do, and she's not even bad. <laughs> like, that's the thing. There was all of that turmoil, and she's a pretty good worker.
1: I got nothing for you on that front. Um, to be real honest, for this category, I don't have... Look, what I've watched this year uh, in terms of wrestling has either been old stuff or it's been AEW. So I didn't feel like I had enough of a uh, swath to be able to make a determination on promotion of the year. So I I have a null entry on this one. Um, It's not that I don't care. I did not feel that it was – I didn't feel like I had a justifiable enough opinion to have one here. So – yeah, it's that, hard. That, that's what I got on this it's
0: one. It's hard with Japan because, like, with Stardom... I am not. I don't mean it to sound like this, but you have to work to watch Stardom because Stardom is not an easily digestible TV show. Like, there are points where if you want to keep up with it, you've got to watch a couple shows a week and, you know, stay on it.
1: Know what's going on and track yeah. it and when the and, world turns and well, yada, yada, yada.
0: And, and I mean, it, it and TJPW are actually way more English-friendly than any Japanese promotion ever used to be. Like, even um, Stardom subtitles their promos. Okay. Um, and so, like, you know, they, they do graphics with their names. Like, the big shows usually have some English commentary on them. New Japan's the same way now. Like, it's very English-friendly. Like, you don't have to sit there with... Um, like, if you watched Ice Ribbon or something, sit there with, like... The match listing to know who's who, like it's it's a lot easier. well
1: That's good. That's good to know. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I didn't have an answer on this one because
0: oh it's just AEW didn't deserve it this year, in my opinion. Because
1: well, I... we'll we'll get around to that, I think. Because
0: I think um... I think I think what what we can say are some of the biggest sins that they did booking wise this year is the TNT title was a mess. Um, they they screwed the pooch on Wardlow big time. See,
1: here's, here's the thing that I'm going to say about this is, and understand, I'm not making excuses. I'm looking at this and saying, okay, these things happened, and it's a reason why, but there probably should have been better adjustments. So the whole thing around Wardlow going over MJF was supposed to be his big, big springboard, and then we had the whole weird MJF thing happen um yeah. other weird booking stuff a brawl out right like screwed up all kinds of stuff people getting injured especially around forbidden doors especially screwed forbidden door up and uh thunder rosa you know getting hurt screwed that like there was a lot of stuff happened that wrecked a lot of plans for them this year yeah but and, they
0: but like if you look at like when CM Punk got hurt, they actually that actually righted the ship because they had to change up stuff and they figured out like oh this stuff we're doing isn't working, and that's when well, they that's kind what of I was
1: gonna say. righted
0: the ship. But like before that, they were way off rails, and it wasn't what just was because gonna, of Punk either.
1: What I was going to say is that there's um for some of it they were able to adjust, and then others they weren't, and so. And then we also have to take into account that it wasn't that long ago that you know Tony Khan's trying to run a wrestling company at the same time while his mom's in the hospital from having two massive strokes and wasn't sure if she was going to live or not. Yeah, uh, yeah he's going to be a little distracted.
0: Yeah, but that's, so, when you, that's when you take aside people and say, hey, this is going on. I need you to pick up the right. slack instead of being – and I mean I know it's hard. When, I'm not trying to criticize him because it does suck when your parents are hurt, but you have to – like you, that's when you have to say, "Hey, um, I like." That's when you call in like Chris Jericho and a couple guys and say, "Hey, like, help me fill in the gaps here,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: or "Hey, go over Honest. these book, booking sheets and make sure it makes sense to last week."
1: Yeah, there. I do not like. I will say outright, I do not like uh, the idea of a writing team. I don't like it, but the idea of having a head booker and then a booking committee where You're like, okay, this is where we're going. This is how I want it to go. This is where I want it to go. I need you guys to make it happen. I need this guy to come out of it looking like this. I need this guy to come out of it looking like this. And then you turn to Christopher Daniels and be like, look, I'm going to trust you with this. Can you make this happen? Yeah, okay, Yeah, I can do that.
0: I don't even think you need like that much. I think it's just like, hey, this is what I want to book for this week. Poke every single hole and point out every logical fallacy you can find in like my work.
1: But if you're if you're like the sole booker for it and you're you're getting that kind of distracted with, for instance, family stuff, I would think that having some other people to lean on to for no other reason to to be able to kind of maintain until. That, that's what I would want, but...
0: And he has better people than, like, the Bucks and Cody around who botched the early booking.
1: Yeah, yeah, the early booking wasn't really going, so... And I
0: think he's a little gun-shy about that, but he has people he can lean on that have sense now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it after, after that early discussion i can see why he would be hesitant to do it but uh, he's got some people that i or, would say
0: or even call you know, up but, like um even just call up super dragon and be like hey dude you want to you want to come spend a couple weeks in florida and like help me out with some stuff
1: yeah it, it, some booking assistance or something like that yeah. people who are going to help you with stuff I, I would advocate for that in a big way because i'm going to look around and go okay what am i missing and they're going to go, oh, this stuff right here. I'm like, all right, we need to fix that. My end game is this. Can I, you help I, me get to that point? Yeah, I can help you in. Okay, great. That's what I need.
0: I actually think Bill Watts was really smart with this. So what he did, and he's talked about this in shoot interviews, which was, in his opinion, a booker has about two good years, and then they're like, they burn out. So what Watts would do is Watts would... Watts would just bring someone new in every, like, six to eight months and let them book, and he would just have final say over it. So, like, Bill Dundee came in, booked for a while. You know, some other guys booked. Ernie Ladd booked for a while, and he would just change it up. He'd he'd change it up so some new guys got some heat and stuff, but he just kept final say in it so no one got burned out and, like, the promotion didn't get tired.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, for everything you can say about Bill Watts, the guy knew how to run a wrestling company in his time. Yeah. All right. I, would, uh, I am, Go ahead, Matt.
2: I, I would just add, like, yeah, the reason I didn't
1: choose AEW, is
2: I I do think three things kind of like messed up with the bookings. One, like the injuries, which there was mm-hmm. like a lot. Like we could literally roll down the list, and it'd be like, you know, well over. there would probably be like a couple dozen people. Like there, they, that's mm-hmm. that affects the plans. One, two. I think that there was a little too much like trying to shoehorn and book and contemplate results, uh, <clears throat> for like forbidden door. Uh, oh, okay. And the third one was like, again, Tony's mom being, being ill, like that kind of affected things clearly. Yeah. But I do think that they have righted the ship. So I think that 2023 could be a very good year for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if some of the rumors that of people possibly coming in. Yeah. Uh,
1: if that actually gets actualized, like that might be really interesting. Sure. Um, I think we could probably go on to Wrestler of the Year at this point. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. Did we diverge on this at all from who we picked? No,
1: you you guys both had stardom and I had no vote.
0: No, so. and um wrestler of the year, did we divert oh. did did we all pick Moxley on this?
1: I picked Moxley. Yeah. I, picked I
0: picked Moxley. Moxley. Okay. So I um I did consider um, I did consider putting Siri in here for Wrestler of the Year because she's had an outstanding in-ring year. I think when you look at her as the Stardom Champion, um, she has been probably one of the best world champions since um, probably since Austin, honestly. like She's just been wow. outstanding. But the thing is, um, for me, though... Is Moxley's also been an outstanding world champion, and he really he really pulled AEW's ass out of the fire twice in three yeah. months. Yeah. Oh,
2: he he basically carried that company on his back. Yeah. For like months. Probably like the last like six months he's been carrying that company on his back.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I love uh, the <clears throat> little piece of of lore that I don't know how well got spread around. But after losing the title back to Punk, he was the 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 thing was he was supposed to have about six weeks off, and then he didn't get it right. <clears throat> but it wasn't that he was taking six weeks off for vacation. Tony was giving him some time off, just you know, so it, it, basically some time off so he wasn't on TV and he he wasn't a um
0: you know, he was just a little a bit, bit, bit. break so,
1: yeah yeah based. Pretty much that, you know, just a little time off. So big pop when you come back, that sort of stuff. He was like, I wasn't going to take a break. But Tony's like, we're going to do I wanted to do this. He's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. And then brawl out happens and he's like, all right, back at it. And no complaints, no nothing. He just did it. Um, The fact that that Mox has been not only willing to step up and carry, but he has been so consistently good in the ring and, and on the stick
0: and can we can we talk about a subplot of 2022 what's that is there are two wrestlers that kicked booze this year and fucking like reap oh, the yeah. rewards tenfold
1: oh yeah big 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 uh benefits for them yeah and mox is one of them you yeah know? i read his book this year and it, the interesting thing is that he um, he basically wrote that whole book just with like a word pad app on his phone. Just whenever he had some downtime, he'd stop and just like type some stuff and do that and then go back to what he was doing. And it you can hear him. You can hear his voice as you read it. It's got a very even, nice flow. It's got a good storytelling rhythm. Yeah. And um He doesn't shy away. But his whole story about is like, you know, first of all, about why he would drink as much as he was, because apparently part of it, he's like, I didn't keep drinking because I wanted to get drunk. It was like I I got to a point where I had to in order to function. Like he would not drink before a show. But as soon as his stuff was done, he'd drink a beer and then he'd relax because he's not going to get the shakes. Right, that's, and he's um, like, okay, this is a problem, and I need to uh, do that's something ex- about it.
0: That's exactly what Scott Hall sounded like, I think, when he was talking about it on Austin's podcast way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how he would make deals with himself, like, okay, today I'm not gonna have like a beer before noon or whatever. And he was talking about like yeah. even failing at that and stuff. Like it's 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 really sad when you when you hear guys like that start.
1: I mean, that's that's substance use disorder mindset is the dependency kicks in and then you're left kind of scrambling because it has completely gotten away from you. But, okay, we'll just run the whole thing down. Mox, you know, kicked alcohol, carried the company on his back twice, uh, helped them right the ship after a tremendous blow up. Um, And I'd say the, and that's,
0: and the quality That's of his only work. That's from like the summer. The quality of his work massively improved this year, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And. <laughs> he had one of the promo lines of the year that stuck out in my head. You know, it, 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 it lives in my head rent free. Oh, you mean. Fragile body, fragile ego, fragile mind. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. You know, I I,
0: mean, I think it's um I think it's kind of ironic that um, CM Punk who had a good wrestling career let's not let's not shit on him too much but i think like he doesn't realize that his legacy is now i'm trying to run a company here and the fragile fragile my you know fragile ego fragile body line are, like his legacy now
1: yeah the 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 arrogance and presumptuousness that he displayed while munching on a muffin of all things and then it's like and and or a cupcake, whatever, munching it's, on some kind of pastry. It just is not Who gives a tea. shit? And it's just like how tone deaf and arrogant it was, especially after you and to to have all of that. Look, I know there are some people out there that are clamoring for a return, and there can be an elite punk feud and all this kind. Look, I, I I have not ever been shy about saying. I never liked the guy. I don't like his style. I hated his attitude, all that sort of stuff. And now I just, if I never saw him on a wrestling show again, I'd be happy.
0: I, um, but, I generally liked parts of his career. Um, There are times I liked him a lot, but I, I do not have any interest in seeing him back. Like you can, he was a, he was a net detriment to everything in AEW. Like you could tell instantly by, um, the news sites that the locker room improved like the second he was gone.
1: Yeah,
2: I I there's a part of me. I didn't like him, but I thought that his work in AEW over the last year was like was good. Very, very good. And mm-hmm. I would have been one. I would have been interested to see like him continue. Like I a part of me still thinks like he has stuff to offer and even to, uh, stuff to offer AEW. But I don't know. Like I think the sides are too far apart. I don't apart. want it. Yeah. I, 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 he, I can appreciate not wanting it. But I, I think that if he were to come back and do, yeah. uh, I mean, it's tongue in cheek perhaps, but it's like if you come back and do a feud with the elite, like there's significant money there.
0: But the problem but is, is like, are you different. gonna get, are you gonna get good punk, or are you gonna get like the Adam Page feud punk that was not good, and who like that feud did not work, and it was not because of anything Page did
1: hangman page was my other choice for wrestler of the year like he there were i had three and hangman was one of the others he um and he was in my running he was actually
0: my wrestler of the year through the first quarter because he had um the daniel the second danielson match which was outstanding and then he had that just badass texas death match with uh lance archer
1: Oh, yeah, with oh, Murderbird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, then God, um, it was amazing.
0: that that Cole match at Revolution was really mm-hmm. good because they he did he got the ultimate fuck you finish where he finished Cole off with his own move, which I thought yeah. was great booking. Um, mm-hmm. So he he had a really strong year, but then they kind of you know cooled him off and the Punk feud he tried really hard because he had to like. Because Punk wouldn't play ball, so he had to really fill in a lot of gaps. But um, Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of fell short on quantity of content.
1: And I wouldn't even put that on, on him. Like, no. It, it's, oh, no. It was his oh, – yeah. it was honestly uh, – okay, if Punk came back, one of the stipulations I would have – and I'm not in any place to put a stipulation, but it's like, you know all those young up-and-comers that you said you wanted to work with and you beat all of them? You're paying them back. You are going to pay all of them back now. You know, it's it's don't don't tell me oh I want to come in and work with all these young guys and then go Hogan and just beat all of them. No, Uh uh-uh. if you're going to be the grizzled old veteran, part of it is you're going to put people over on the way out.
0: What was that I, meme about know. what was that meme where it's like CM Punk was afraid of this and it was like Hangman Page is a golden doodle?
1: Hmm. <laughs> oh, because because it was the dog or something. Yeah. I, I don't remember
2: i i know the thing you're talking about and
1: that dog
2: that golden doodle that the picture they used it like it did look like
0: as as, as a dog
2: yeah same someone someone also had had shared a meme like uh, for a different context but they shared a meme. it's like why does this cat look like john moxley and it was like a cat making like a (laughs) a smirking face and it's like holy shit this cat looks like john moxley
0: my, my favorite thing about the CM Punk thing, though, when someone was saying, like, well, you know, Punk really could justify his fear. Like, let's just put his UFC fights on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, clearly, sir, I was afraid for my life. And I think people would be like, oh, I can see that.
1: Um, yeah, you should have been. But if you're going to be afraid for your life, don't be talking smack like that. Because yeah. someone's going someone's gonna to pick up on it. It's, it's you're going to get the talk shit get hit is what's going to happen yeah but we'll come back to that later we all of it moxley just moxley was out there doing stuff this year he didn't even need to do he was he, had, he was a gcw champion for kicks i guess so moxley great um women of the women in the years next is that right brad
0: uh we could do tiger woman let's just do woman since they're both singles
1: okay all right uh yeah let's do woman of the year um uh, one of you guys go ahead
2: brad you want to go ahead because i kind of have a feeling like i i i think i know who you're gonna pick
0: okay so i um she actually was in the running to win wrestler and woman of the year um she was my number two on wrestler of the year uh so uh suri from stardom is my pick for that um just Totally outstanding ring year. She's been a great world champion. Like I said, she's been probably the best world champion I've seen since like Austin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just a, just an absolute good ace. Pretty much every one of her title defenses has been good. Uh, she got her own stable this year. Really like um, just a top level, just the top level worker. And I don't think anyone else really touches her her work this year
2: I it would be tempting if you're just going on work rate like Sierra might be the one uh, but I would not pick her because uh, you and I are kind of different like I think I actually find her a little, a little boring like I don't I she's one the, like a very good worker and I acknowledge that but I just there's something about it. It's like it doesn't fully connect with me.
0: She doesn't click all the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I do think that she's great. So it's not like she's not amazing. Uh and I thought like first off, like I would not put anyone at WWE on this list.
0: Not for like, sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously they have some good workers like like Io Shirai and Asuka. And I actually feel like some other workers here are pretty decent, but I would not give it to anyone from WWE. But I you, thought about giving – like, do I give it – go ahead.
0: I was going to say the other problem with WWE <laughs> is like, even if you're someone like EO and Asuka that are world-class elite-level talents, like they're never going to let you fulfill your potential on a week-to-week basis there.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought about giving it to – Tony Storm or Jamie Hader, because they were both great this year in AEW. Uh, But I don't feel like they really had enough to really showcase how good they were. Like, the last, like, half of the year, they really started to show.
0: Yeah, Jamie Hader really is, like, mm. a... Like, I can't think of anything she did until July. And then, like, there was that random tag her and Britt had against Thunder Rosa and... um tony on the dynamite i went to in columbus where she was just like carrying that whole match and like her battle at the belts match and all out like really propelled her as a worker mm-hmm. and like she really started performing and she that's really where she got over too.
2: yeah uh i think that both had a great year but it was more like the last half of the year so that I mean that does count, but it, I would not, I would not give it to them. The person I'm actually choosing is someone from Stardom. It's because I think she's both a fantastic worker and has like that dynamic personality with a lot of charisma, and that's Julia. Uh, if, I personally feel like she, I think, well, first off, I think she's going to win the 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 red belt, which is the highest belt in Stardom. It's like, it's a world championship, essentially. I'm pretty sure, like, she's going to win that off Siri. Uh, but it would not surprise me if down the road, like, she gets snatched up either by WWE or or by AEW. Because, like, she's she's a very, very good worker. And she has, like, the other tools necessary outside of, like, like English proficiency. Like, she has all the tools that could make her, like, a huge star in in America. Like, with one company. I mean, she's... It's like, it's like, uh, Shida, like Shida got over in part because she's a good worker. Uh, and like obviously based here and has some degree of like English. She's like been learning English, but like, I think that she can clearly like become like a, the next big thing, Julia. So we'll see. Like, I, I would love to see her in AEW and maybe like her heart is like to be in Japan. So maybe she would choose some place like AEW where it's like she could kind of go back and forth because I mean Shida has shown that you can do that, uh, especially since they've like uh, rela, like they've eased up some of the restrictions for getting into and out of, of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe she could go with AEW because she would have a little more freedom. But uh, if she's signing with WWE, like I, I'm kind of down on WWE. Obviously, uh, so I would not like that as much. But uh, she strikes me as someone who could be like an Io Shirai or an Asuka who like comes from Japan and from the Joshi feds and is a great worker and could they could actually like make her a bigger star. The -hmm. problem is like no one I feel really is like becomes like a big star in WWE anymore.
0: No. And and it's, it's obvious (laughs) based on some recent happenings, especially even, even strangely more so in the triple H era, they do not value their women talent at all. If they're not Becky or Mm. Charlotte.
1: Hmm. The only thing I'll say on that is it's kind of hard to – in in the Triple H era to see if they value um, Charlotte is the fact that Charlotte hasn't been there for that era. Yeah, but I mean
2: – That's I mean, but that's, I mean, that's
1: The, the,
0: that's a, the, the problem I have with what they did is, is um, even if you don't think Sasha Banks is worth what she wanted, what are you out if you pay her that?
2: It's it's a drop in the bucket to a company that's making like a billion dollars every yeah. year. Yeah, Cause yeah.
0: Because she's what she wanted, I, what like a million bucks a year. Like just pay her.
2: I I mean, just to briefly talk about the Sasha story because there's a lot of chatter about that recently. Mm-hmm. And it, Sasha seems to have for sure signed signed some sort of deal with New Japan. That may not be like you can only work for us. It's, uh, probably, a for like like it's the- probably a paper
0: appearance deal and like. It's probably a paper her appearance it's like we're Uh, gonna use you on like three pay-per-views and like maybe an off-brand show this year
2: yeah it's like Mm -hmm. she she could in theory go back to the wwe but the 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 belief is that she will basically have she'll sign two deals like she'll have like the new japan deal but she may sign some sort of deal with aew where she will i don't if she does like it's it's who knows how many Date, she'd probably have a year because I mean, she has other aspirations. She wants to be in Hollywood and everything, so perhaps like New Japan and AEW would be like a good thing for her because between the two, she'd make like bank, she'd make really good money, and probably would have like a lesser schedule.
0: I would expect her to make some sort of appearance in the five star Grand Prix next year, too.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, she I think part of the deal is that she she was going to do at least like one stardom show. Uh, she didn't sign with Stardom outright because like, I guess, Rossi Ogawa, who's the, the owner of Stardom, like he couldn't pay her what what she's asking for. Yeah. Uh,
1: but but, I mean, there, and I think
2: that she's, I think she's a huge star and I think she's, it's arguable, but I think she's like the biggest women's wrestling star at the moment, excuse me, at the moment. I think, I think,
0: I think think she's a bigger star than Becky is currently, not when (laughs) Becky was at her peak, but. Becky's been very diminished since she came back. Um, she is not what she was. And Charlotte's really, Charlotte could be a star, but not the way WWE uses her.
2: I, but I brought up Sasha to you to kind of contrast the two because for the last six months, like Sasha has been gone. And so has Charlotte. and, in that amount of time, like everyone wants to know, like, oh, what's Sasha going to do? What's her next move? Like, oh, is she going to sign with AEW? Is she going to sign with, with the Japanese promotions? There is all this talk about what Sasha is going to do. I haven't heard a damn thing about Charlotte. Like, I haven't heard anyone speculate, like, oh, when are we going to see Charlotte again? Like, what's she going to do next? It's like
1: no one seems to care. I think Supposed, I, supposedly definitely. she's she's training in Mexico for her return. But... I
0: see. I think now I'm going to I'm going to slightly defend Charlotte because I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just going to devil's advocate you a bit. Um, the reason why no one gives a shit about what's going on with Charlotte is because she's just going to come back and instantly win the women's title and fuck up whatever's going on. Like, that's what's going to oh, happen. Yeah,
2: pe- oh, yeah. People are already like making jokes. I've seen online where it's like, uh no, oh, I can't wait for her to like win the chi- win the championship, and go for Bianca at WrestleMania, and it's like, yeah, you know, they'll they'll probably do something like that.
0: Like, mm-hmm. remember when she um, remember when uh, they sent her down to NXT to work with Rhea Ripley, and then proceeded to never lose to her, and then when she lost the title, it was because Io pinned Rhea in like a three-way. Like, that's, but I mean, that's the kind of the thing, like, there's no intrigue to her, because even if she went to AEW, I think people would be intrigued for a while, but the second she wins the title, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: Um, so my, my pick is, um, my, my, the thing about my pick is that I have to go by what I've seen, um, and for me, the woman of the year in terms of, of who I've seen and what they've done, um, I'm going to go with someone who's been successful in two promotions in two countries, that sort of stuff. And I'm going to go to Hikaru Shida for mine. Um, she's, 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 everything I've seen out of her has been good. You know, she won the Wave title and she's doing AEW stuff. Yeah. I know it's it's nowhere near as in-depth as what you guys have uh been doing but or been talking about but look i'm tired of Brett okay um oh god yes. I, I like i like rosa but she's out with a big back injury um tony storm was good but tony had one you know tony wasn't a, i don't think she was around the whole year she popped um, up in
0: march i think
1: okay you know, Tony had to come in and kind of establish herself in that. And she, it she was her a good champ and stuff, but
0: in the ring too, I think.
1: Right. And, but you know, you turn around and compare that to Hikaru Shida, who's just been really good. And that's, that's who I'm going to give it to. So,
0: and, and I think, um, she's had some things that no one's seen, like her and Emmy Sakura had like a good little feud on elevated, I think. um, mm-hmm. Okay. She's just been a solid contributor this year, and I think I think it is a tough year because like the women in WWE, I can't think of anything like that's gotten any hype that they've done, and like I think I think if you wanted to do Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, like that cage match they did was like a hot wet fart, like for how good it was and how it went <sighs> over.
1: It it felt like. Britt was trying to take too much offense for a match that was supposed to be about her getting her ass whipped and losing.
2: Yeah. I uh, I've I've talked to you guys before, like over the summer I did uh, <clears throat> like a convention show, minor convention, that's like local. Yeah. But they had like a bunch of like uh, wrestling talents like show show up and actually do signings stuff like that. And outside of, you know, obviously a genuine legend like Sting, mm-hmm. she may have been uh Britt, Britt Baker, she may have been the big, the biggest line like she's legitimately a star,
1: mm-hmm. but I don't particularly care for her. She's she, not getting the break that like Moxley was gonna take. She's she just like to, a refresher. She's, she's needed a
2: break to refresh, and she she's had points where she's been injured, and during those periods, like I legitimately feel like her war cuts regressed. I I think she's gotten a little bit better than that, but
0: I think um I think they've kind of roped me back in with her though because now they're slowly teasing her and Jamie Hader yes. coming to blows like they they like because I was out on her but then they started like she's doing these like little subtle like things like where she's interrupting hater in interviews and like some of the looks she's giving her and I'm like oh you bastards like you roped me yeah. back in on her.
1: It, it, well, I mean, I, I would be more excited about that if they hadn't been building to it last year also. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I the mean, thing, I'm happy to see it, but still.
2: The thing that I don't the thing that I don't like the most about Baker is I again, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to like I'm going to cough <laughs> because I'm like sick, uh, probably with COVID again. Um, Baker like will do I remember I've, I talked about how Way back in the day Like I listened to this old 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 Like podcast like the podcast must have been Like 15 20 years old at this Point mm-hmm. but it was Cornette Talking about like things to Do in the business like if you want to be a worker Like these are the things that you should do to be successful oh, yeah. And I think a lot Of and certainly in recent Years like a lot of Cornette is just He's become like a character of himself like I'm convinced I'm convinced it's a gimmick.
0: He's Abraham I think, Simpson.
2: I think he's like Yeah, he's old man yelling at clouds. Yeah. He's a. I I think it is a gimmick, Shad, but I think it's like he's got lost in the gimmick and he doesn't seem to be able to dig himself out.
0: I think the cool problem work. is too, is um he and Brian Last are feeding like this very toxic audience yes. of um Yeah. I'm gonna say can I say a bunch of old school people that are also super racist and super misogynist.
1: Um, I was going to call them wrestling grognards to borrow. Well,
0: the problem is though, the problem is I'm fine. If he wants to, if he wants to, to placate a bunch of grognards, because being a grognard does not, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like you can be a grognard about like D and D or something and not be an asshole. But like, there's a certain wave of like homophobia and misogyny with a casual touch of racism that seems to run through his fan base a lot that I don't like.
2: I agree. I I don't like it. It seems he's made comments before and, or at least certainly like the fan base will jump in because they, they feel like he has given kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, judge, kind of like a a, authority to kind of talk. Talk this shit. But it's just like there's been too many comments or insinuations that are homophobic, specifically regarding it, like Kenny Omega, who yeah, I, don't I don't know Kenny Omega's personal life. Like there are rumors that he has a not perfectly straight sexual orientation. I don't who know. Gives I don't a, care. Who gives a
0: who gives? Yeah, uh, can I just say it? I who gives? that who gives a flying fuck what he does when he's not on my T V screen? As like I know, have
1: absolutely no care. You know yeah, you what know, As long as he's not hurting people or like velveteen dreaming around You,
0: you know what you I, know I what my care. you know when it comes to like when it comes to what you do in the bedroom, like here is here is my criteria if I care or not. Are you fucking children? If the answer is yeah. no, well, go crazy. I don't I don't well, give a shit.
1: I uh, I I would I would restrict it a little bit more than that, but you know, are you assaulting people are well, I mean are, that, that
0: we're talking we're talking if you're not committing crimes like like that's that's like we're we're not talking about we're we'll I'm cutting it off to um like assault allegations which she doesn't seem to really give a shit about either but like that's all right. like all I care about is like are you if, if it doesn't involve underage people and it's all consenting adults like I don't give a okay. flying fuck what you do
2: okay yeah,
1: that's entirely he seems, fair
2: he seems to make kind of insinuations about that i mean he like he routinely calls him like twinkle Tones, which is I'm like sure. what is that shit but he when he's not doing that he's also insinuating that that a lot of like the joshi talent in aew like uh like shida like the only reason or or Riho, uh,
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah like yeah. the only reason that they are kind of pushed, or either they have some sort of relationship with Kenny Omega, or they are, I think he's even called, I think maybe he said this about Maki Ito, too, where he's called them, like, uh, fetish objects, and it's like, that is so, like, it's misogynistic, and it's also very, like, uh...
0: It's out of touch and very racist. Like yeah, it's,
2: what's the term? It's not...
0: Prejudicial? I mean,
2: it, say, well, yes, but it's also, like, not, it's almost, like, jingoistic, but it's, like, Specifically, you're being, like, gross about Japanese talent.
1: But beyond that...
0: Um, xenophobic he, might be the word. Xenophobic,
1: yeah. Xenophobic. I was going to say Japanophobic, but xenophobic oh, yeah. is probably the te- is the yeah. technical term.
0: And he's also made
2: shitty comments that are homophobic or transphobic in nature about uh, Nyla Rose. Now, the, and, the,
0: tra- the transphobic stuff... I kind of defend him on because some of the stuff. This is where I have problems with online is some of the stuff they've gone after him for in a big way have not been purposely transphobic. They're out of touch old man like wording for things.
2: That may be the case. Um, I don't think that that's really a good excuse. Like for when like he Nyla when Rose, he called Nyla Rose.
0: Uh-huh. When, well, like not Nyla Rose, but like when they went after him about the Sunny Kiss thing. That wasn't transphobic. I was about that's kiss, yeah. that's that's what a that's what an almost sixty year old man would say about Sunny Kiss, and it's not transphobic. That is like if you, if like he is a guy that grew up on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and one of the one of the um one of the main songs from that is Tim Curry singing like "Sweet Transvestite" from Transsexual Transylvania. That mm. that is just outdated. What that is like when he grew up, that is like the terminology. So I don't think that was transphobic. I think that was just outdated old man stuff that you have to, I can
2: maybe see that with Sonny kiss where it's like, I myself am not sure if Sonny is non-binary.
0: He, I think, we, I sure. think we had that conversation on the show and he is.
2: Yeah. He but, is. Okay. But, but then, where, you,
0: where you see, well, the, where you see the Nyla Rose thing though, where it's mm-hmm. a gimmick to play to his awful audience is when yeah. when she first started, he never said anything about it, and he knew. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how they were kind of screwing her up, but it was never any. He knew what she, he knew that she was trans. Like in the beginning, he didn't care. It wasn't until his they had to start playing to his god awful audience that that stuff
1: started so yeah. to kick in. and it. I'm convinced he is so so deep in the gimmick with the niche audience that he has that now he can't turn back or it'll blow the whole thing up. And he has to keep coming up with some of the most uh, perplexing mental gymnastics, such as the recent comment that Jericho defends the title seven times on TV, but then drops it to Claudio on a 75, you know, like a twenty five thousand by Ring of Honor pay per view. And so he's burying everybody and that's it's like it's the Ring of Honor return show. Of course he's gonna drop it there. No, it didn't have as big of a big a base, but that's you know, he trying he's, to draw people in to see it. Well, but that's that's also
0: fucking stupid. Then why didn't they mm-hmm. used to change titles when he was big on TV? Because they wanted you to fucking pay for it, dipshit. Like, like you're saying it was bad in the in the '80s when you you defended the title on TV and it didn't change hands till a house show attended by like eight thousand people. Like, give me the fucking break,
1: dude. No, he's saying that Jericho was burying everybody else. That was his angle on it. I'm like, dude, come on. Seriously, like that's what you're gonna go. That's the logical conclusion of the storyline. Yeah, I don't. But he's an idiot. He's. He is so – no, I'm convinced he is so far in on the gimmick he can't turn back. Well, my, my
0: problem with We're him – and I talked about this with, um, with the Thread Killer way back on a dark match – is where he loses – where he loses – he lost credibility with me is he can't give Omega or the Bucks any credit. And for me – and it's happened on the show. We've talked about guys I've absolutely hated and I've been willing to say, well, that was good. Like Randy Orton. I'll tell you when Randy Orton has a good match because Randy Orton has a crap load of good matches. Yeah. Because I yeah, don't like I, him, but he's a good worker.
1: My show of the year shocker, it's an AEW show. Uh we've made it abundantly clear already on this episode. I don't like C M Punk at all. Had a banger of a CM Punk match on it.
0: I actually didn't you like know, that it, match, but
1: <laughs> you know I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, is the thing.
0: Yeah, I I so actually we'll find out. But, I mean, one of my, one of my candidates for Match of the Year... Oh, I did send
1: year. that to you, didn't I?
0: Yeah, one of my candidates for Match of the Year, though, was CM Punk versus Dax Harwood from Dynamite, because that match was awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: It was his best match since he came back, by far.
1: Yep. But, uh,
2: I, I, we've digressed a bit, but what I was yeah. trying to say is, like, in an old, very old Cornette podcast... Not, well, I take it back. It was, like, a shoot... Yeah. Shoot interview. It wasn't like a podcast. It was like before podcast became like a really big thing. Yep. But anyway, he was talking about how like what that like basically imparting his knowledge about aspects of the wrestling business. And one of the things that he said, which has like still stuck with me like years later, and I've mentioned on the podcast before, is that is like if you're going to face someone, then you should basically build up your opponent and do it in a way that you're kind of hyping them up, but then flipping it where it's like, oh, yeah, but I'm going to beat them. Because if you're just like, oh, yeah, my opponent's the shits. I'm going to easily go in there and beat them. And that's it. Like, that's your promo. Then it's like, if you're if if you if you're booked to go over that person, then it's like, well, what, what have you accomplished? Like, your yeah. opponent was like, you treated your opponent like garbage, and you went over garbage. So it's like, well, who cares? But what you should do is build them up. And I remember, like, earlier this year, when they were they were doing like the whole uh, the tournament after uh, fallout with Punk. They were doing the tournament where ultimately yeah. like Mox won, but Mox was against he had a, like a final against uh, Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. and he hyped up Sammy Guevara. And it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna go out there. Samuel can do stuff that you've never seen before. He's younger than me. He was faster than me. But then he flipped it. It's like, uh, oh, but I'm gonna I'm still gonna beat him because this is my house. And it's like that he wasn't, at no point was he like, oh yeah, Sammy's like the shits. Who yeah. cares about Sammy? He's typing him up. He's like, this guy's incredible. Like, this guy's an incredible talent, but I want this more, so I'm going to beat him. And it's like, that's so simplistic. Cause you're explaining like, okay, I got, I got that dog in me, and that's a bigger, meaner dog than Sammy, so I'm going to beat him, but I'm going to have to fight for it because I know he's an incredible talent. And that's like the thing that I don't like about Brit. Is that it seems that routinely like she goes up there and her opponent she when she's like doing promos and stuff like that she just shits on her opponent. Yeah, that's how it comes off to me and how a lot of it comes off to a lot of people.
0: If it feels like like she's trashing um, your
2: opponent without building them
0: up. Yes, It, it feels like it feels like especially this year she's chasing that dragon of that that dual promo her and Ruby Soho had on that rampage that was like really good where they were just dropping bombs on each other. And it feels mm-hmm. like she keeps trying to do that, and it doesn't work because there's not that, like, touch of um,
1: shoot to it. Yeah. She's trying to force it. And yeah, I, I know exactly which one you're talking about, Matt, because my my favorite example on that was if you're going to talk smack about somebody, don't disparage their in-ring stuff. Yes. Yeah. I, I think his his comment was, um, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to do this night, and you might notice our opponent's not here. Well, that's because he heard there was a, a home for unwed mothers that wasn't doing well, so he decided he was going to go help and make more unwed mothers. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't do a thing to tear down the opponent's skill. Or that's um, just a dick thing to say.
0: Or remember that remember that one, um, that Ron Wright one I showed you where he's bitching at the announcer, like, why do you have the chair? Yes. So every time he comes out, he's like, well, you know, Bill Dromo's not here this week because I beat him so bad, like, he's at home, um... He's at home because he's so black and blue. He's like icing his wounds, like stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and you don't don't cut the legs out from under your opponent. Never do that. That was one of my my absolute had to go. To, one of uh, there was a promo I did, and at the time my gimmick was the whole. Uh, I was the, uh, the human weapon thing and the guy I was up against called himself Bad Company so he came he was Bad Company came to the ring <laughs> but Bad Company by <laughs> Bad Company from Bad Company yes uh, <laughs> And I did not tell this whole story just to make that joke but um my they had me cut a pre-match promo and I said listen man I know I know you you're Bad Company man nothing good happens around you but I have scrapped with people just as bad as you and come out on top, so I'm not afraid of you. Like I didn't tear him down at all. It, it, it's it's not about that, but you're right. Britt does that, and Britt will go after people she's not even working with. She goes out there to cut a promo, and it was the um, it was the, after the uh, the Rosa Marina Shafir. Uh, Mm -hmm. match that had all that stuff britt's not working a uh, a program with rosa but she's like oh and by the way rosa and she holds up a sandbag she's like i didn't forget about you it's like what the hell has that got to do with you that that had nothing to do with you you just did that like that was just a shit heel thing to do i'm and not in a good heel way
0: i am fine so right i differ slightly but it's it's very it's very um it's, it's a slight variance, but there's a point to it. Like, I'm fine if you want to directly tear down your opponent if you're going to directly get your comeuppance. Mm. Like, if they're going to come okay. out there and beat your fucking ass, like, two seconds after you start saying that stuff, I'm fine with that. Or, like, when Ric Flair was making fun of the Rock and Roll Express and, like, Ricky Morton broke his glasses, like, then you can tear your opponent down directly. If, if there's going to be a direct, like, that minute...
1: You have gonna... to have instant karma. Yeah. Yeah, but... In general, it's not a good, not a good uh, policy. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna shoehorn us back over to the the next category here. Uh, I believe this is Tag Team of the Year, and the question here is, are we in accord on this one as well?
0: Goat level I year. I
1: picked FTR.
0: Goat level year.
1: Yeah. I Matt? had. I also had FTR. I
2: uh. I almost <laughs> begrudgingly gave that to them. And the reason I say the grudging is because I think on social media, especially like around the punk thing,
0: Dax has been uh, a bitch.
2: Dax was basically like a bitch, and it's like yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, Dax well, has been a little extra on that front. It's, become, it, it's become like its own meme.
0: It's on, so bad uh, that it's on so bad. Twitter. It's so bad that Meltzer's like shit talking him, like directly, <laughs>
2: uh, because. Because Dax will be like talking shit about dirt sheets and then he runs off to tell like Cornette or Jonathan last like some all like the gossip backstage.
0: Well, no, because remember uh, there was a there was a thing right after the scrum where Meltzer was talking to Alvarez on the show and he's like, oh, yeah, these guys will bitch about me on social media. And then they're the first ones running to me. And even at the mm-hmm. time, I'm like, oh, shit, he just like he just shot one right across Dax's. Yeah. Dax's. Um, yeah. Bow yeah,
1: but I cannot I this is one of those cases when I can very easily um, divorce the the art from the artist because I mean, if, OK, yes, I'll I'll agree. Dax has been a bit extra about the whole thing on social media, but God, they have been so good. It has been just this year for for FDR has been staggering.
0: Goat level year because like we're talking yeah. we're talking the the Moxley Punk match. Um, yeah. Three Briscoe matches.
2: Um, I'll say that the Moxley Punk FDR match, it's not my match of the year, but it was in that contention. Like that was like an a, incredibly
0: good match. Uh, the yeah. bucks, the second bucks match. Mm.
1: Uh, it, yeah, it, it, they've been in. Then wrestling just,
0: each other was really good.
1: They have been yeah. can't miss, and they were out for a stretch towards the end of the year because, frankly, like Dax had a torn labrum, and I, I'm I think um. That That's... cash had something, and it's like, yeah, you guys needed some time off to heal up. All of that and like, let's of course not forget that
2: they had a a series of three matches against the Briscoes, which mm. you can you can put those up with Steamboat Flair or Omega Okada. Like you can put those up there with those matches. It's like these are some of the best series of matches. Uh, with, it's like obviously the same opponents of all time. Like in the last like 35, 40 years.
1: I had to after watching those matches, I mm. felt like I needed mm. to go have a smoke. Like that's that's how intense those were. Mm.
0: They got um, better each God. time.
1: It, okay, so we said FTR and that's for me I'm going to use this to segue us into match of the year because I'm going to say FTR Briscoes and just pick one, any of them. Like yeah. I I don't I don't live and die by Meltzer snowflakes cuz frankly he's he's got his preferences. But when they had three matches and their average match rating was, what, five and a quarter, five and a half, something like that, then you know those are damn good. And they're all damn good. So just and, any of them. and the fact that FDR Briscoes. Which and, one? Doesn't matter.
0: And the fact that I kept saying to myself there's no way that they can – they can like keep up with what the last one was like even up to the dog collar match. I'm like, man, be ready for this to be disappointing. And they still, they still like delivered over delivered. They honestly over delivered with the dog collar match.
1: Yeah. Dax broke his ass. (laughs) Like that, that match. They murdered
0: a fucking referee.
1: They did. I have, I cannot remember time. I saw a ref bleeding from a spot and for the life of me i could not figure out if he caught the chain wrong or if the ref bladed like if the ref bladed he he nicked an artery or something because he was going
0: and i mean the briskas have been around for 20 plus years i've seen them in some really good stuff and this might be the best work i've ever seen from them
1: it's so
2: good they had an absolute banner year uh I'm trying to find his exact words, but uh, Jeff Hawkins, who I know, he, uh, he follows us on Twitter. He's also part of like an observer group. He doesn't really post there that much, but he, he's part of it. Uh, And he also does, uh, he actually does a show with some of the observer guys on, uh, on the fight game media podcast. Uh Uh, He he had like a great quote about it. He's like, this is exactly what I love in pro wrestling hate. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I, I listen to that. And I'm like, you know what? Damn it. That's right. Like that's some of the best stuff. It's like when it has that much emotion, it's like, you can convey It's like these, these guys just don't like each other. They're going to go out there and practically kill each other. Yeah.
0: And it's like the but old the... school. And I think it's such a great dichotomy too, because it's, it's, um it's these, it's these super trained, like refined pro wrestlers versus these crazy hicks from like the backwoods of like Maryland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, they, they live on a chicken farm.
1: They just went to town. One of the Briscoes took a, in the third match, in the dog collar match, took a bump from the top rope to the outside on a stack of chairs.
0: I think that was Mark, because Mark's the crazy one.
1: I uh, The fact that you can delineate between
0: which one's the I crazy I one. They don't look anything alike.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just in terms of crazy. Jay's the, but,
0: Jay's the pretty one. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking about that. Jay is the pretty one.
1: He's the one with the dreads, right?
0: Uh,
1: I think so, yeah. Okay. But, okay, yeah. Brad, are you saying FTR Briscoe's three is your match of the year?
0: Yeah, because there's a novelty to the blood and carnage in that match that I haven't seen in a while that I really not since um not since um Dustin Cody really have I seen that kind of mm-hmm. carnage.
2: Matt? Uh I actually would not put that as my match of the year.
1: Are you breaking the streak, man?
2: I am kind of breaking the streak, Uh-oh. but but it's like personal preference. Like yeah. I people who put that I, I can't Disagree. It's like you're not wrong. Like you're not. Like it's great. It's just like if you personally like different ones, I probably, I probably would put the Punk mjf dog collar match. It's like
1: my match of the year. How funny is it that of matches of the year, dog collars are involved in it, damn near all of them? Because AEW or Tony Khan at least
2: knows how to do them right. And it's like if you if you were fast forward, if you sorry, if you are get a time machine and go back like five years and be like, yeah, there's this, uh. There's this guy. is gonna start a new promotion, and dog collar match is gonna be like his thing, and he does it really well. I'd be like, "What dog collar matches? I don't know about that."
0: Yes. AEW really does excel at like. That's the funny thing when you think about AEW though, is um, people people criticize it as like a spot food company, mm-hmm. and when you think about like their their best matches are blood and guts matches, which AEW really excels at. Like, think about it. Dustin, Cody, um, Britt Baker, and Thunder Rosa lights out match. Um, the the Lance Archer, Hangman Page, um, Texas Death match. There's another one. Isn't there another so, one that was super bloody up at the top of yeah, that?
1: Yeah. There, well, I mean, Brad,
0: a, you
2: well, go ahead. Well, I, if I could just throw it in, like, this yeah. is not this is not in like the in like contention for like Briscoe's FTR. But if you remember, like way back AEW Rampage, they had that like ponderously good match between I think it was like uh, I think it was like Anna Jay and and Ty Mello versus the oh, bunny. Oh yes, bunny that one. Penelope. Uh, Penelope and it's and like Ford, that yeah. was a really good match, especially, like, damn, since, the street
0: fight. especially since especially yeah. since Penelope Ford mm-hmm. and the bunny were involved.
2: Yeah, and of course, like the the usual like. Uh, What's the term on the internet? It's like the the people who are like not they're like fake, shocked or fake disturbed by, oh, by pearl like clutches. Going
1: pearl st- clutchers, yeah.
2: No, it's it's not just pearl clutches, it's like uh
0: concern trolls?
2: Yes, like okay. concern trolling. And then it's like, oh, I can't believe they had two women go out there and and show blood. It's terrible. It's like, come on. Come on. It's like what do you want to do like a WWE where it's like okay let me let's have a girl like you know be seductive and you basically base your whole like women's division and be like oh you need to be like her to the point yeah. where you're like firing other female workers for not being like that and then you then you turn around and fire the one you doing that because like yeah. oh no she showed like a tit on only fans. Well,
0: no it wasn't only fans it was like some private site and they i my whole thing is they're <laughs> pissed off that she showed she showed them titties and they didn't get a cut of the money or she gave it away yeah. for free. I think that's the real problem with that whole Mandy Rose situation. But my thing is I hate when they do that though because it's that it's that casual sexism you get from like the let's just call them the male allies online Whereas, like, they want women to be in these, like, pretty little boxes that don't act any different. It's really gross what they do. But if you want women's wrestling to be taken as seriously as men's wrestling, whether you like it or not, like, they got to bleed and, like, do. If they want to do that shit, let them do that shit. Like
1: the finish that Anna J wrapped barbed wire around her arm to slap that sleeper on Penelope Ford was bad ass and. And like, the thing that is, is such a spot, I was just like, holy shit, that's amazing.
0: And you know they wanted to go hog-wild with it, because they went hog-wild mm-hmm.
1: with it. They did. They absolutely did. It, by the way, you mentioned Blood and Guts matches. If I was going to have an honorable mention here, it would actually be Blood and Guts from this past year. Because mm-hmm. that was a hell of a thing to watch. It may not have been the highest rated, but for me, that was a hell of a watch. So... All right. Deep breath. Uh, well, the problem is that this uh, my my choice is going to feed in on feud of the year. And I'm just going to say FDR Briscoes, because as much as I've been hype about this, it's like tag team of the year, FDR match of the year, FDR Briscoes feud of the year, FDR Briscoes. It's like a goat level year. I, and this has been the defining feud for it. So, yeah, because I I'm think um,
0: I think that's it for me, because I think punk and mjf was in there and i did like um <clears throat> it was uh it's a it's a meme you can look up the gif because it's hilarious but the the chad wardlow versus the virgin cody like when they were getting like the straps because that's probably oh, yeah if if we had segment of the year is mjf losing his mind because wardlow no sold the the strapping no, was so the bell. hilarious because my wife watched that and she's like how did he not react to that and i'm like i don't know
1: he they worked it differently they must have I
0: i i wondered if they maybe like numbed his back up for him
1: i i remember what it was but i feel like i would spoil the magic if i told you so i won't say anything oh you know i i've got a pretty strong suspicion
0: there's there's a, I'd have to find it. There's a great episode of the drive through where Cornette does like a whole 10 minute thing on um, belts and like strapping yeah. people. Cause he says, he says what you want is you want like a, you don't want a thick belt. You want a wide belt because he says mm-hmm. that one doesn't hurt very bad and you get a good sound out of it. But he says, if you do like a thin belt, like you'd wear around your waist. It hurts like a bitch. And, um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't get a good sound like he did a whole segment on it. I was like, and th- this is why I wish he would just shut up and do that stuff. Cause I was enthralled. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, like this is genius. Like who, who figured this out?
1: Do you remember when we had Jr. Rock on the podcast, one of his, his big gimmick that he had is he carried a leather strap. He had custom made that was as wide as my hand. And that was, that was his big gimmick for it. And I mean, after a match he and I had, you know, I'm laying on the mat, I squeaked out a win, I'm laying on the mat, and he strapped me for it. I didn't have a, I didn't have a welt on me, because he knew what he was doing, but, um, you know, it's, it's, well, well yeah.
0: One of my favorite Um, lines from that with Cornette, though, was he was talking about they're doing it, and it was, like, the first time he did it, and this was in Mid-South. He says, yeah, I fucked up, and, like, I hit Mr. Wrestling 2 in, like, the titty, and, you know, he was an honorary cuss (laughs) to begin with.
2: (laughs) So, Matt, what was your feud of the year? Well, I guess it kind of goes with my, like, match of the year. Like, I if you're saying FDR versus Briscoe, like, again, you're not really wrong. It's just like your personal preference. And I personally felt that, uh, that punk MJF, like really that feud uh, leading up to the dog call match, like that resonated to me more. Uh, And that's part of why, like, I do think that punks work in this year was like, was very, very good. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I know how people feel about him. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Like, I'm not really a punk fanboy. Like, I think that my kind of attitude is like, okay, well, this is it for him. It's like, all right, well, kind of good riddance. Uh, I'm almost ambivalent if it's like, well, Ariel, if I never see you again, I'm not going to be crying. Yeah. But I do think that because he had such a good year, it's like I see the potential where it's like, oh, I can – I see you could actually offer – he actually could still offer more to the business the thing is like if he like turns around and goes to wwe and it's like i don't care
1: about that i really don't at all supposedly people there don't want him i wouldn't yeah
0: with how his I, locker room presence is i i think they i think triple uh, h would be very dumb to sign him because he has to like keep that locker room goodwill going for a while and i think he could shatter that really easy with a signing like punk if he's not behaving yeah
2: yeah. Well, I think Triple H might be dumb about some that. <laughs> well, yeah, people, no, yeah, just just as an aside, like people there are people who are convinced that FTR is going back. Uh I don't their contract know why. I think is up next year. And it's like I'm not gonna dismiss that because it's like obviously WWE can pay money. Like so they may be like, All right, we had like a good run, we got to win championships and in, in many different promotions, we got to travel the world. We had some really like banger matches, like all right, let's get paid. Uh, but I think that I think that they they'd be wise to like continue with AEW because people have also pointed out with that it's like if they go back to WWE, it's like what are you going to do? Are you going to now be getting into a feud with uh, maximum male models uh, right. on SmackDown? Like th- is that what you're going to do? Well- because uh, that's what probably what you're going to be doing. They turned um, down
1: the money last time, and they were like, "Oh, here's a bunch of money to resign." Like, we don't want that, and they walked out on it. Well,
0: they, you, you, have remember, you have to remember. You have to remember, and this needs to be said. It's it's really been forgotten, which I think affects the conversation. Shawn Michaels and Triple H made fun of Dax's mental health problems. Di- yeah,
1: his 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 anxiety issue. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, look, that's that's a that's a shit thing to do. And they don't, they won't want to go back to that. Why would they? Why would I want to go back to the company that works me harder, pay, you know, yeah, they pay me more, but they work me harder. I don't have flexibility in my schedule. I don't get to work what I want to work. I, you know, am am, am I going to have another segment where I'm running around in a bath towel with shaving each other's back? Is that? I, I'm not looking forward yeah. to that.
0: And why can't I? Why? Can't, and I won't be allowed to bleed like a stuck pig with a collar around my neck, beating the shit out of some hillbilly. <laughs> like where
1: you like let's be fair They're not hillbillies or rednecks
0: well no i don't think i don't think the <laughs> briscoes i don't think the briscoes know what a hill is so we might that might have <laughs> been a bad on my part no that's not true they might go into the hills to get their moonshine and we
1: uh, don't get too close there brad um <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, wow that is that is a lot to go through. That's promotion, wrestler, uh woman of the year, tag team of the year, match of the year and feud of the year. I think uh I think we're gonna break it here and can we'll I, come back with the rest of our
0: Can I awards. mention one thing about MJF C M Punk before we go off the air? What's Yeah. Well what, so what I liked about that feud is I liked how they weaved in some real life happenings with MJF as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was proven on Facebook that that was a true thing. But I also like that the next week he came out and they hugged, and MGF immediately kicked him in the balls and then just, like, beat him senseless with
1: a ring. Yeah, because what good does it do to apologize for something that's 20 years old and is, is that much of a hurt? It's like, yeah. Like, I'm not saying I'd do it, but I understand.
0: Yeah, that was... So I, I understand. I think that was a that was... That would have been my second pick, I think,
1: to FDR Briscoes. I think that that's true. All right. That is our first set of uh, year-end awards. Um, And so uh, we would love to hear from you guys on social media. What's your feedback on our picks? Do you you think we're crazy? Do you think we're on point? Uh, Hit us up. um, Twitter and Instagram are our most active venues. And uh, so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters, you're in the fourth, and we'll be back next week with the rest of our year-end awards.